Hello, I'm Kelly Slivka, and you're listening to the Science Line podcast. This is the sound of science. In the spring of 2011, a gray seal led Jason Brome to take to the water. I, I was, I guess it just struck me one day, I think it was last May when um, a gray seal, I, I, I checked the news before I left the house in the morning and they said that a gray seal had come up on the beach uh, at the end of the street near my house. I kind of couldn't believe it, so I went down there and I saw the seal and there were a few people standing there, you know, who'd heard about it on the news too. And they were all, we were all just standing there watching the seal, you know. But Brome isn't from a peaceful wetland community out in the country. He lives and works in Manhattan. The whole New York area is um, a fjord that, during the Ice Age, a glacier sat over the whole thing and that it, it gouged wider channels at the, at the base of the Hudson River and then gouged like a tidal strait between Long Island Sound and the East River and all that. So um, I thought, well, you know, the fjords in in uh, Scandinavia tend to be thought of as some of the most beautiful places on Earth, and, you know, people go on long vacations there and go kayaking around in them and stuff like that. And I wondered uh, if, you know, New York would ever be clean, the waterways would ever be cleaned up enough that it could be like that again. And maybe we're headed in the right direction. Brome is an exhibit artist at the American Museum of Natural History in New York. But so when that seal showed up, I figured, well, the water's got to be good enough that he must know something I don't know. The water quality must be good enough that you could almost do it now. The museum is located at 81st Street on the western edge of Central Park. From his home near Inwood Park on the northernmost spit of Manhattan, he paddles 121 blocks to reach his office down at the museum. There's the uh, Inwood Canoe Club up right by where I live, and I, I, I went over and kayaked with them a few times. And then um, I looked into it and I, I was able to buy a folding kayak. And then all the obstacles were were gone. I could just go in whenever I wanted. Rome quickly learned, though, that he might have been too optimistic about the health of the Hudson. This past summer, Brome paddled past a wastewater treatment plant in Harlem on his usual route to the office. A fire at the plant had forced it to close, and as a result, the city's untreated sewage was funneled directly into the surrounding waters. That was very unlucky. It was actually the day after, and... uh, I had uh, I'd heard on the radio, I'd been listening all day about the fire, um, but they didn't mention in there that they were going to do a direct bypass, I think they call it, where they just take all the sewage they're supposed to be processing and just directly release it. Um, but then I, I paddled in that morning, um, and I did check out the, the evidence of the fire. There was like some emergency responder vehicles still in the parking lot and stuff like that. But uh, when I got to work, my girlfriend sent me a... Uh, email saying, hey, I think I just saw that there's, you know, <laughs> that they're releasing sewage in the river. So I was like, okay. So I went down to the shower room. I had a change of clothes anyway mm-hmm. that I had in sealed plastic bags. And I uh, I got a, I got pretty anx- I had pretty bad anxiety about it. So I, I washed my arms with uh, hydrogen peroxide. And then I thought, uh, what should I do, you know? But that was, I didn't do it any more than that. Then a couple days later, I disinfected my boat with a, like a garden sprayer and a bleach solution. The outfall continued for four days until power was restored to the plant's pumps. I know that there's coliform below a a safe level, what's considered a safe level, you know, kind of in the water on the East Coast almost all the time. And then above that safe level is where I was, you know. 
But Brome thinks that it's still worth it to go kayaking around New York City, mostly because he gets to see a side of the city that people rarely get to see. It's a different world from the water. It is an experience like none other that I've ever had. It's, um, in a very weird way, it's a little bit like being a superhero, because picture it's like the sun is coming up, it's like maybe 6.30 a.m., and I'm traveling the length of Manhattan in a way, and I don't see anyone else doing it the same way. Like, there's no other kayakers out. Sometimes I'll see some swimmers, you know, just swimming for fun or whatever. But um, in other words, I'm, I can't travel as fast as Superman, but I can travel in kind of a magical way where there's no other people in the way. Um, I have, like, this ability to move on the water. And then I can, you know, I put in at 79th Street Boat Base, and then I pack up my kayak, fold it up like uh, Batman wings or something, and then I just I hike over to work. And I've just had, like, a day of seaside uh, recreation, and then I start my day of work. Um, but there's all, at every point, the river becomes different. Like, right under the George Washington Bridge at the, at the Little Red Lighthouse, it's, like, churning. Like, um, it seems like the, the uh, current is hitting the rocks underneath and kind of shooting up on these really high waves. So it's really choppy there, and the wind seems to bottleneck there, too. But then past that, it's really relatively calm. Down by the um, down by the the treatment plant, it, it seems to have been gouged really deep or something because then it gets super calm and super quiet, um, and that's where I usually see the best birds. Hmm. Like even the day of the fire, there was I came around the corner of that treatment plant and uh, I scared a um, black-crowned night heron, who he like jumped off his perch and, and scolded me as he flew in a circle and waited for me to get out of the out of the way. He docks his kayak at the West 79th Street Boat Basin near Mid-Central Park, where he says he sometimes gets funny looks when he pulls up. Always big smiles. If anyone, a lot of people are, want to act cool so they don't acknowledge me, but <laughs> anyone who does acknowledge me, it's always big smiles. Sometimes they hold their kids up to look at me and wave and stuff like that. Even in December, the riverfront path running along the 79th Street Boat Basin is thriving with people and animals. There are cyclists, runners, strollers, skaters, flocks of twittering house sparrows and pecking pigeons. Seagulls amuse themselves in a big pack down on the pier. It's a clash of nature and industry. Apartment buildings rise like termite towers across the Hudson in New Jersey. Barges scoot up and down the water, and airplanes, helicopters, and traffic are ever humming away in the periphery. Yeah, you know, and it's just off to the west. That's the other weird thing. It's a lot of times you can almost see the, or you can see the water from where you are in the city, but we don't think of it as something we can go jump into or travel across or utilize. We, we look at it maybe, you know. Though a couple decades ago the city really turned away from the waterways, building a bunch of warehouses and train tracks out there, now the city seems to be trending back toward the waterfront. They're building riverside parks and beautiful restaurants, and there are a lot of canoe and kayaking opportunities right around Manhattan, so that people can just grab a boat and spend some time on the water. The, um, the Inwood Canoe Club, they do, I think it's every Sunday during the season. Um, anyone can show up and they, they hand you a kayak, they teach you how to steer it and then they they send a leader out to bring the whole group you know you like go like maybe a mile and you come back 
hopefully sometime soon the water around New York City will be healthy enough and accessible enough that somebody doesn't have to be a big risk taker in order to spend time out enjoying the local waterways. This podcast has been brought to you by ScienceLine.org. I'm Kelly Slivka. Thanks for listening.